It's that time, the Betting Predators podcast, where our main objective is hunting down the best bets for you. I'm your host, Sleepy J. You guys can find me on Twitter, SleepyJ underscore pregame. Joined here by the baseball guru, Uncle Dave, better known as Dave Esler. You guys can get him on Twitter as well, Dave underscore Esler. And you can find us both on the best sports betting information site on the web, pregame.com. All right, Uncle Dave, we told our listeners we were going to go ahead and do a player prop pod. We also have some MLB futures, and we do have a to make the playoff bet that Dan Rivera has been chirping for weeks. He said, I want to give this out. I want to give this out. So we're going to go ahead and give that out. Now, guys, we're going to go ahead. We're going to give out three player props individually, myself and Uncle Dave. So we'll have six of those for you. And then we're also going to give out one total that we like in the NL each and one total that we like in the AL each. So without further ado, Uncle Dave, I'll throw it to you first. You have one that surrounds Kristen Yelich from the Brewers. I'll let you go ahead and rip and run on that one. What do you think for Yelich this season? Well, you look at right now, and his RBIs and his runs are both sitting at 38 and a half. Um, I, I don't know about his RBIs. You know, he's a pretty clutch kind of guy, uh, and he's got a couple guys that get on base ahead of him. But I like his run total under quite a bit, uh, and there's no doubt he'll be on base plenty. But I look at that lineup, and behind him in the order, you got Ryan Braun, who aside from being hurt, hasn't hit more than 22 home runs in the last three years, and he strikes out 100 times a season in a, in a full season. And behind Braun is Hiera, who struck out 100 times in half a season last year. And then look at the Brewers. They left more runners in scoring position last year than any team in baseball. Uh, so as I was doing that, I was kind of kind of downgrading the Brewers and looking to take the Brewers, uh, looking to fade them against the Cubs in the opening opening uh, night for them Friday night. But, you know, I'm, I'm not ready to endorse that, although it's a bet I'll probably make. But I like Yelich's runs under 38 and a half. You know, the only concern I would have for that one, Uncle Dave, and I want to throw this right back to you, is if Yelich far exceeds you know, his home run total, which I think it's right around 11 or 12 and a half. I think in order for him to, you know, really go ahead and beat your bet, because I like, you know, your handicap that you laid out there. It makes perfect sense. I think Gelch is going to have to go ahead and hit like 20 homers. Do you think that there's a real possibility of that with only 60 games this season? Um, yeah, you know, anything can happen. I mean, these guys go in those streaks where, uh, you know, he could hit 12 in, in, in 18 games. Uh, but he could go in the street to where, you know, he's in a bit of a slump and, and you don't have a lot of time to recover from that. So, you know, is it possible? Yeah, because he gets to play a lot of games at home uh, and the roof will be open in Milwaukee and the ball does travel there. He obviously gets to play a bunch of games in Chicago. Um, you know, he gets to play against the Tigers and the, uh, and the, and the Royals pitching staff a little bit. So, yeah, it's possible, but, you know, it's not a bet I'm willing to make. Uh, I, you know, as we've talked on some other podcasts, I'm, I'm just not keen on, on these overs, especially, a, you know, an elite player like Kirsten Yellick because, you know, you know it's already juiced. And, you know, all it's going to take is him to miss a few games or, or Braun to keep striking out, uh, you know, and then walk Yellick to get to Braun. So I don't know about that. I mean, I would, I would be inclined to bet the under, but – you know, he can get on one of those rolls where he could get that many and half as many games. Um, I just wouldn't want to put my money on it. And I think, you know, the indication from the odds, at least with his home runs, Uncle Dave, and there are some props out there where Yelich's, you know, to hit 20 plus home runs is like plus 10,000 and they're not even offering the no. 
So it's kind of telling you, you know, that he's probably not going to exceed that. And I think the odds are certainly in your favor. I like that wager. That's a pretty good one. I want you to talk about this one that I like. And we spoke about this one briefly when we talked about our AL division podcast. And that was Nelson Cruz under hits, 54 and a half. Now, if you go back to last year, Cruz played around 120 games. He had 140 hits. So if you break the season completely in half for him, he would have had around 71 hits last year. Now, one of the things, Uncle Dave, that I'm looking at when it comes to Cruz, two major things. One, Josh Donaldson's going to be on the Twins this year. He hasn't had a whole lot of looks at the pitchers that he's going to end up having to face in that division, not to mention he has to play out of that division. You know, he's been in the NL East and then he was in the AL East. So he's seen a lot of the Eastern teams. I think he would be far better there. But the fact that he's going to go ahead and bat directly right after Cruz in the four hole, you know, I could see a lot of pitchers trying to walk Cruz this year to get to Donaldson. I mean, Cruz has been, you know, one of those guys who, you know, he can hit, but he can hit for power. I think he batted right around a 311 last year. And I don't know if a lot of guys want to go up against him. You know, I would rather much face Donaldson versus facing Cruz. And another reason why I'm really not particularly high on Cruz, he's a pure power hitter. And we talked about this, Uncle Dave, where I felt that the pitchers were going to be, you know, in far better shape than the hitters. And I'm not sure how a power hitter, I mean, does he have friends or anybody that's throwing him 90 mile an hour fastballs? You know, where the hell is he hitting a baseball? I just think there's a multiple things that a hitter needs to have in order to get ready for the season versus what a pitcher might need. So I do think that some of the hitters will struggle this year. I think that number is slightly inflated, but I'm more banking on the fact that, you know, Cruz was a, a bomber last year. People aren't going to want to face him if they have the option to go ahead and walk him to get to Donaldson. I think that that will eventually hurt him. The only thing that really concerns me here, Uncle Dave, is that Cruz plays all these games, all 60 games. And the fact that, you know, there were numbers last year that indicated when he went to the NL, obviously there was no DH there last year, you know, that he only got like one at bat against those teams. So we don't have that advantage. And I think that that may hurt some of the numbers that I looked at from last year. So although I like this one, this isn't a super strong play, but I'm just curious, Uncle Dave, what you think about this one. Am I reaching a little bit, or do you feel pretty comfortable with Nelson Cruz under 54 and a half hits? You know, that's a tough one, Sleepy. Um, I don't want to, like, go on the, the nationwide airways here and, and disagree with you, but I could make the argument the other way, and uh, I don't feel overly strong about it, but, you know, he did have his highest OPS of his career last year. And you mentioned his 311 batting average. Well, he didn't do that since 2010 back with Texas. And you look at what he did in Seattle, uh, it was not much. I mean, you know, it's obviously pretty good. I mean, he hit a lot of home runs, but his average was down. Uh, his strikeouts were up. And the reason being, I think, is when he got to Seattle in the last few years anyway, you know, they, they had nobody else in that lineup to protect him, and obviously Minnesota does. And I think that may be one reason why he hit 311. I mean, I don't, I don't know that, but, you know, you got to remember he hit 41 home runs in 120 games. So, you know, I'm, 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 I'm skeptical, but I understand your logic 100%. Well, I certainly think one of the things I was banking on there, Uncle Dave, was the fact that, you know, he was on the Twins last year. And he beat up a lot of those pitchers. I think those pitchers are going to look and be like, you know, 
I'm only going to get a few shots this year to go out and, and pitch this year, obviously with the limited number of games. You know, why go ahead and try to go up against this guy? Especially if you run up, you know, against a team who, you know, quite frankly might be out of it or whatever. Maybe they just say, screw it, why even pitch to this guy? You know, what's the sense? Just put him on. I'm just trying to think, you know, of ways where, you know, where he can't hit this. And I'm just, you know, more or less just trying to come up with a lot of the negatives versus the positive. I find myself finding more negatives. Let's jump over to a guy that you talk about often here, Uncle Dave, and that's Acuna from the Atlanta Braves. You have a home run prop that you want to go ahead and give out. Why don't you go and get after that? Yeah, I don't normally play like full season props because books hold my money for a long time, but they only got to hold them for 60 days here, give or take. So I actually bet Acuna 22 to 1 to lead the league in home runs. You know, and, and yeah, I love the kid. He's 22. I mean, he's only going to get better. And he gets to play 20 games against the AL East, which means games at Fenway, games at Yankee Stadium, games at Baltimore. He's going to have to go play at Pittsburgh. I was kind of hoping the Jays would play in Buffalo. Um, and you look at his lineup, he's got tons of protection in that lineup. I mean, the, you know, they, they can't pitch around him. And if he hit 41 last year, there were only six players that hit more than him. And he also stole 37 bases last season. So I'm actually taking him plus 900 to be the stolen base leader. And I will also just go way out on a limb and take him plus 900 to be the NL MVP. I mean, I just think the kid, you know, we talk about it on, on other podcasts. I mean, you know, barring something unforeseen, he's only going to get better. You know, he still strikes out more than we'd like, but, you know, if he didn't, then he'd be talked about probably in, in, in Mike Trout circles, to be honest with you. I mean, he's that good. So I got a Kuna 22 to one to lead the league in home runs. And, and I, I got props on him to win the NL MVP and the stolen base leader. And, and I don't see how two of those three don't cash, to be honest with you. No, I really like that one. Uncle Dave, you brought up some really good points you know, to go ahead and back Acuna here. But, you know, one of the things that you mentioned, this was on a podcast, it might have been one of our first pods for our team division previews, and you had talked about Mookie Betts under home runs. I actually like that one so much, Uncle Dave. I actually gave that one out on Straight Out of Vegas because your logic was was just great. You know, all the advantages that Acuna is going to have facing the Yankees, the Orioles, the Red Sox, going up against those teams in those parks, you know, you took that away from bets. And I thought that that made perfect sense. You know, you like that bets under 11 and a half. So I, I certainly can't disagree with you here. And, and especially since you're getting 22 to one, you know, that looks like a really good wager. One that I'm certainly going to go ahead and probably look at going ahead and make myself. I'm probably just going to go ahead and uh, follow your coattails there with that one. Uncle Dave, one of the things I have noticed over the last couple of days, I've been talking to some people. And lately, one of the things that they've all been talking about are making these season wagers on these players. And it's like, you know, you normally don't hear a whole lot about that, especially from like friends within your inner group who, you know, don't do this every day. Yeah. They're casual betters, but they're looking at following players and making these, you know, shorter season wagers. I think this is actually cool. And you just got to wonder if they do shorten their season one way or another. Let me give out a guy that I have here. I'm going to go ahead and take Fernando Tatis over eight and a half steals. Here's a guy last year. I believe he would have finished fourth or fifth in steals had he played the entire season, but he only played like 84 games last year, Uncle Dave. But one of the things about Tatis that a lot of people don't know, he batted 317 last year, and I think that he's going to pick up right where he left off. One way or another, 
this guy's going to need to get on base. This guy is going to need to be aggressive when he's on base. And I don't have any real reason why I don't think that he won't go over this. The juice is starting to go ahead and go on the over. I think this was a mispricing. The number I came up with after I looked at the games played and then I looked at you know how many games we have this season, plus his batting average, it came out to like around 11 and a half. And this number has been steadily moving. So I just feel that this number is wrong. And I think that Tatis will go over his steals eight and a half this season. Not sure how you feel about that one, Uncle Dave. You want to talk about Tatis for a second? Um, you know, I can't disagree with you on that one. I mean, I, I, you know, I don't like his strikeouts. He struck out 110 times in 372 at bats. That's a bit more. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to see did he did he walk a lot last year? You know, no, he only walked 30 times. So that would be the downside. Um, but, you know, the upside, I can totally see it. You know, his, you know, last year he stole 16 bases and caught only six. So, you know, he's going to run. And I think that's a, that's probably a, a pretty good percentage. So, yeah, I can totally see it, you know, and I, I'm not much for simulated stats, but his simulated stats through uh, today, July 22nd, he would have stolen 17 bases. So, you know, you factor it all in and, and yes, I can see it because you're right. He's going to have to run. So uh, I'm not going to find any way to disagree with you on that one. I, you know, I would like to because it makes good good conversation, but I'm just not going to do it. I think you're right. You know, one of the things that I noticed with him last night, Uncle Dave, is that he didn't have enough games in order to be like placed on the list of, you know, like where he would have been for the season. So you actually got to dig a little bit for him, you know, when it came to stats, like to actually find out where he would have been. And I noticed that his on-base percentage would have actually had him at 17th in the league had, you know, he played the full season. We don't know where he would have been, but through 84 games, I'm pretty sure it was like 380 and he was right next to like Arenado sitting in like 16th or 17th. So that gave me a little bit of hope, at least, you know, that that at least I have some stats in my favor. As I said, there weren't a whole lot that I can use because um, you, you really had to dig for some of his stuff last year. They didn't have him on a lot of the statistical sites because, you know, he just didn't cruel enough at bats or or games for that matter. Uncle Dave, I want to talk about another guy that you have. This is a guy that, you know, is kind of under the radar. And these are the sneaky ones where, you know, the books probably won't move the number. Even if they get a little bit of action, I, they probably just sit because this guy isn't a public guy. But you have one here on Max Kepler. I'm going to go ahead and let you give that one out. What do you got? Yeah, I don't have a, a deep handicap on this one, Sleepy. But, you know, I don't know how you don't. He hit 36 last year in 134 games, which would be 43 in a full season. You know, at 10.5, which is what his total is for home runs, you know, that's about 28 in a full season. So, you know, I, I just don't know how that doesn't happen. And, and you know, we can kind of go back to our discussion about the Twins lineup. You know, he's a guy that doesn't get a lot of accolades or a lot of the press, you know. Cruz gets it and the rest of the guys. And because they have all those guys, you know, Kepler's going to get his chances. I mean, they're going to pitch to him. And he has obviously got a ton of protection in the lineup. So, honestly, when I saw 10.5, I kind of almost gagged. I mean, I, I just think that's, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if he had that with, with, with room to spare. Now, you were looking at a reason why Cruz would stay under, and, you know, there's a reason why Kepler would stay under. I guess there's a reason for everything. But, you know, the, 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 the best case scenario for you to, for the Cruz under and worst case for me with the Kepler over is if the Twins play as well as everybody thinks the Twins are going to play 
and basically have, you know, a couple of weeks of not really having to win and they start resting a few guys, that could be a downside. But either way, at 10 and a half, I, I, I love Kepler over home runs. So, Uncle Dave, that's kind of news to my ear, the fact that Kepler is going to lead off. And if you think he's going to hit a bunch of home runs, well, that's going to go ahead and uh, not leave him on base, which therefore maybe I'll get lucky and Cruz will uh, eventually get walked because there won't be a guy on base that, uh, you know, he could eventually knock in. So I'm going to go ahead and add that to my little handicap there, if I may. Uncle Dave, I do have one more prop here that I want to give out. It's going to surround Zach Granke, Houston Astros pitcher now. One thing about Granky, you know, he's been in Houston before, but I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to play his strikeouts under 68 and a half. Uncle Dave, this guy's loaded up on the innings, and I know that's something that, you know, you're pretty key on. You know, he's pitched over 200 innings the last three years in a row, and I think Granky's kind of getting old here. You know, if you go back, I mean, he started out in 2004 in this league, and a lot of people have seen him, and now I think that the, the players, at least in that division, are going to get a look at him. I don't think he's going to strike out a whole lot of guys. And I, I kind of like, you know, the Houston Astros bullpen, where I don't think they're going to have to stretch Granky out a whole lot. They have Granky listed as a two. I'm not a firm believer in Granky. I'm just not. And I know he's had great seasons. I think this guy's a little overrated right now. How do you feel about his under strikeouts for the year 68 and a half? I think that's a solid number. You know, you got to wonder how many innings he's going to pitch. You know, he's been... Uh, uh, last year with Houston when he came back over. I mean, I think I think one of the things I would look at there that would tend to make me think um, that your under is pretty solid is he pitched, you know, probably what, from, from 2012 or so to 2019 in the National League where he's not facing the DH. So that's going to inflate his numbers. And that makes a lot of sense. You look at what happened when he came over to Houston – he only averaged seven and a half strikeouts per nine innings, and you know he's been well over eight the last few years. So, you know, I think I think that's a solid bet. I can't find a reason to really to really argue with you, and as much as I would love to. I think one of my big things here that I'm banking on here, Uncle Dave, is the fact that Grinky pitches in the West, and he's going to have to face a bunch of Western teams this year. Well, a lot of players in that NL West. They know him rather well because he pitched for the Dodgers. He pitched for a number of years in Arizona. Then he flipped back to Arizona, and now he's going back over to Houston. So it's like, you know, a lot of those guys in the West, you know, they've seen a good amount of him over the past couple of years. And I'm just, you know, it's a, it's a number that I think is slightly too high. If you go back and you look at his strikeouts last year, I mean, he had 135, and yeah, that looks good. But he started like 33 games last year, which was tied for his most starting. And another thing I think with Houston, Uncle Dave, that that hurts some of their pitchers is, you know, that that lineup is so powerful that they can go out there, you know, and they could, you know, be up 12 to one in the fifth inning. And it's like, well, do we really need to, you know, stretch this guy out into the seventh? He's more important when it comes to the playoffs versus the regular season. So I think if there's any time that they could go ahead and get him out of there, you know, to go ahead and save his arm, I think that they'll probably end up doing that. So I'm going to go ahead, guys, play Zach Granke under 68 and a half strikeouts on the season before we go ahead and get into our team totals i'm going to go ahead and let dan rivera go ahead and talk he has a to make the playoffs prop he wants to go ahead and give out all righty guys i like the tampa bay rays to make the playoffs you can find this minus 115 on bet mgm or minus 118 on DraftKings, depending on what books you have access to 
If you look at the numbers, you could have had minus 110 a couple weeks ago, but I still like it at minus 115 territory. With these numbers, this implies the Rays are just slightly above 50-50 to make the playoffs. But when you look at the futures market and the Rays to win the World Series, they're roughly number six. To me, this doesn't pass the smell test. Why would a book make a team barely 50-50 to make the playoffs, but somehow they're number six to win it all? That, to me, was good enough to bet it, but here's some other reasons. The Rays' season win total is sitting about 33.5, with some VIG in the minus 125 territory. If you take the over at 33.5, that'd put them at a 34-win team, and that's plenty of wins to make the playoffs. Depending on what site you use, a lot of them had the Tampa Bay Rays well above 50% on making the playoffs. I've seen it as high as near 65%. With the COVID situation and the limited number of games, we have shown that the pitching and bullpens have become greatly more important in this situation. So I will gladly be betting on Morton, Glasnow, Yarborough, and Snell. And that's why I like the Rays to make the playoffs at minus 115. All right, guys, there's Dan Rivera giving out the Tampa Bay Rays to go ahead and make the playoffs this season. Good luck to Dan on that. Uncle Dave, I want to talk team totals. Let's start out with the NL, Uncle Dave. These are... Uh, these are two teams that I really wanted to talk about, and it's funny that we both pulled the team from the same division. I'm going to let you go ahead and give yours out first because you said you're ready to get shocked, and I'm like, all right, who do you got? And I had a feeling it was going to be the A's under, but it wasn't, so I was happy about that. But why don't you tell everybody who you're playing over this season? Well, you know, probably the team that nobody would. Uh, the Miami Marlins over 24 and a half wins. Yes, I know. I know. I could be way off base here, but I don't think so. You know, first of all, teams are going to be leery traveling. You know, we just talked about that, especially to South Florida, where one third of the positive Florida test results are. You know, I know I would be uh, very leery of going down there. So, you know, they used to play with no fans. So, you know, they may actually have a little bit of an advantage. And then, they get games against the Orioles and the displaced Blue Jays. So, you know, they're not playing the Nationals or the Braves all the time. They have a solid starting rotation. Alcantara, Caleb Smith, Urena, they're not the worst one, two, three guys in the league by any stretch of the imagination. And we're also so used to seeing the Marlins with, you know, a ton of guys that you don't know that are basically borderline AAA players and, you know, some of them might be good and they'll be on some other team in two years when they can't afford to pay them. Uh, so they don't have that typical AAA lineup. They got a lot of veterans, Garrett Cooper, Matt Joyce, Villar, Dickerson. You know, those guys, they may not be elite, but they're ballers. You know, they're going to play uh, and they're going to play hard, even if they know that they're not going to be winning the World Series. And, and they only won 57 games last season. And, you know, yet this total, win total of 24 and a half, that would equate to 66 wins in a full season. You know, why is that? Uh, nine games better than last year? I think why is that? They're not as bad as people might think. So I took the fish over 24 and a half wins. Well, I'm going to keep it in the NL East here, Uncle Dave, and I'm going to go ahead and play a team that I think their lineup is just way too deep. I think this team is actually built to win a World Series, at least lineup-wise, and that's the Philadelphia Phillies. I'm going to go ahead and play the Phillies over – 31 and a half wins this season. Uncle Dave, let me read you their lineup. Rilamoto, Hoskins, Kingery, John Segura, Didi Gregorius, 
Andrew McCutcheon, Hasley, Bryce Harper, Jay Bruce. I think there's seven bats out of those nine that are that are actually quite dangerous. There's a lot of guys in here who are, you know, kind of feaster famine, had great seasons before in the past. If these guys play to their ceiling, there's no way in hell that this team doesn't win at least 32 games. And I think if this team plays to their ceiling, they're going to make a lot of noise when it comes playoff time. You know, and they, they can give anybody a run for their money if Bruce is hitting the ball, if McCutcheon's hitting the ball, Didi's hitting the ball, Segura's out there, you know, doing his thing, stealing bases. Then you have to deal with the power of Harper, Hoskins, Rilamuto. I think Rilamuto is an upgrade at catcher. I think they've upgraded this entire team. Obviously, that's just the lineup. We still have to talk about the pitching. And I think the pitching, at least on a shortened season, is going to benefit. I got Nola, Wheeler, and Arietta. I think those top three guys can push them through the season. And again, you know, I favor the pitchers, so I'm going to have to favor Philly in some type of way to go ahead and win. If you got bats, at least that many bats that can, you know, make you comfortable, I think that's only going to help the pitching out. I think that'll help out their bullpen, which, you know, is spotty at best. I'm not sure how you feel about the Phillies, Uncle Dave, but I'm thinking more potential which is risky sometimes. I'm thinking ceiling. So how do you feel about my bet here with the Phillies over? Well, I don't disagree with it at all. You know, to your point about bats, you know, I, I think they get a huge advantage with the DH because, you know, they can put Jay Bruce in the lineup every day. Um, you know, the only one that's going to play center field is Adam Hastley, but and Harper's going to play right, but that keeps McCutcheon in the lineup every day. Uh, it, it keeps Hoskins in the lineup every day because Bruce isn't going to play first. So to your point about them scoring runs, yes, I, I don't see how they don't. But I agree with you that I'm not ready to endorse their, their pitchers. You know, if, if Zach Wheeler was any good, he'd still be on the Mets. If Arietta was any good, uh, he'd still be on a lot of teams. You know, we don't know about Eflin. You know, I don't know about their bullpen. You know, Hector Neris is pretty good, but, you know, their, their setup guys, you know, Tommy Hunter and Cole Irvin, you know, they can be had. Uh, so although I don't disagree with you, as I'm talking this through, I think the Phillies will be good for some overs this year. Uh, but I can totally see your point because they have enough bats to be able to carry what could be inadequate pitching. So um, I'm not going to go against you on that one. And I think sprinkled throughout their lineup, Uncle Dave, you have guys that can steal bases. I mean, even Bryce Harper can steal. But then you have a guy out there like McCutcheon, Gregorius, Segura. Those guys can steal bases. And I think they're going to put pressure on you from one through nine. I think that's going to really disturb a lot of pitchers throughout this entire season. But that's one that I really like. I made a future wager last year on the Phillies to go ahead and win it all. And I realized before the season even started that they didn't have the lineup. And then I'm sitting here going, you know, if this was the line if they had last year, I would have felt a whole hell of a lot more confident. So I might actually make that wager for the Phillies to go ahead and represent the NL in the World Series. I think there's a chance, you know, that they could get by the Dodgers. But why the hell not? We've seen the Dodgers go ahead and self-implode in the past. Let's jump over to the AL team total here for you, Uncle Dave. Now, we talked about this team the other day, Uncle Dave. And one of the things I had to question you on was, you know, why is this team total so high? And you broke it down. I'll let you go ahead and break that one down again. You like the White Sox over. I do. Uh, 31 and a half. And, you know, first of all, again, you know, they get 20 games against the Tigers and the Royals, which is, you know, uh, and the rest of the AL Central, uh, which is not all that great. Uh, that's a third of their schedule. You know, and even even if you look at just going against the Tigers and the Royals, um, you know, that gets them close to a third of their wins. 
if they go, you know, 600. We expect better than that. And, you know, this is a team that finished 16 games under 500 last year. And then look at it like the fish, you know, why is their win total this season above 500? You know, they're begging for under money, I think, Sleepy. And, you know, I like their starters. Giolito is solid. Um, I don't love him, but I like him a lot. And they got experienced starters, Keichel and Gio, um, not what they used to be, but they know how to pitch. Uh, and once you once you lose your stuff, you, you, you learn how to pitch, uh, and they can win any game. And offensively, I mean, they, they remind me of the Phillies that you just talked about. You know, they have Luis Robert in the outfield, and he's a rookie of the year candidate. They got Tim Anderson. He led the league in hitting last year. They added Mazzara, who I think should only be better in this lineup with some protection. Uh, they got Grandal behind the plate now. He's one of the better defensive catchers in the game. The guy that hit 28 home runs with the Brewers last year and walked 109 times. I just don't see the holes in the Chicago lineup. So I bet them over 31 and a half wins. Well, I'll certainly be watching that team this year. Obviously, they're going to make a lot of noise. Now, here's a, a division that I think is going to make a lot of noise. And you and I just did this podcast the other day, Uncle Dave, and that's the Central Division. Now, if you look at the NL Central Division, you know, you and I were kind of hard-pressed to go ahead and really pull a team out of there that's going to win that division. You had the Cardinals, the Brewers, the Cubs, the Reds. I mean, they're all lined right around 31, 31 and a half season wins this year. But I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to fade a team out of the AL Central and that's going to be the Cleveland Indians. I'm going to play them under 32 and a half. They're going to have to play that NL Central, and I think that that's actually going to hurt in some way, shape, or form. It's going to hurt the Indians, but I don't like this Indians lineup. I think if Lindor comes out and he starts out cold or just has any type of a cold streak, you know, that that, that season win total is going to be in jeopardy. But I think that this Indians team, they were built to win the World Series a number of years ago when they're still living off of, you know, that, that Indians name and that mystique that they created over the last couple of years. They don't have the starting pitching that they've had. They lost pitchers from there. They've lost hitters from their lineup and their bullpen is nowhere near as, as good as it was years back when they had Andrew Miller. So I feel that this team is being mispriced one because of the mystique of this team from years past, but two, I think they have to go up against a real tough NL central team. They have to play 20 games there and I don't think it's going to benefit them in any way. And if they end up running into, you know, where Rosario or a Lindor, if those guys get cold, you know, for especially together, um, I think that team's severely going to suffer this year. So I don't like the Indians at all this year, Uncle Dave. I don't even think they're in the playoff conversation. I think this team struggles at some point or another. So I'm going to go ahead and play the Indians under 32 and a half wins. So one more question for you before we leave here, Uncle Dave. Obviously, tomorrow we're going to have sports. We're going to have baseball. And this is something that, you know, we count on each and every day is to have sports. One, it's the way we make our living. But two, you know, it's one of the ways where we, we keep our sanity. It keeps us going. It keeps us busy. You know, we're, we we love sports, obviously. And, you know, it, it's been taken away from us in, in many ways. So I'm just curious to you, Uncle Dave, you know, how are you feeling with baseball starting tomorrow? Does it feel like Christmas to you or is it just another day? You know, somebody else asked me that today and no, it doesn't feel like Christmas because, you know, it's work. And I was looking at baseball. I've been looking at baseball. You know, I never stopped working. And I was I was petrified of it. It's like, oh, my God, how am I going to do this? Going to handicap that? You know, and I'm, I'm still not overly confident. You never want to get overly confident. But, you know, doing these podcasts and doing the work and going through things, you know, I in my mind, the picture is pretty clear of some of the teams I want to be playing them on Friday. I 
I don't even think I'm going to play those games Thursday. Um, I may put a pizza bet on something, but, you know, I kind of focus more on the full game schedule. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of things that I, I think if I looked at the schedule a week ago, I was like, holy crap, you know, how am I going to figure that out? How am I going to figure this out? And, and you know, I, 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 I said to myself, you know, maybe I'm just going to play one game. And, you know, now that's changed. I might play five games Friday because I feel comfortable about all of them. And I feel that I'm good enough to win three out of five most of the time. Uh, because what I don't want to do, I don't want to just play that one game and go, yeah, okay, and then be wrong on that one game and have the other four I would just dead set right on, which happens all the time. So, you know, to me, it's just another work day, and, and I'm actually I'm a lot more confident. Uh, here we are 24 hours or so from baseball than I would have been a week ago. You know, a week ago I was giving out golf winners and thinking, how am I going to do baseball? And baseball starting to think, well, how am I going to do golf? And you know, basketball starting next week, and I got a pretty good idea what I want to do there. So I, I really just try to keep things in perspective. But as far as baseball goes, you know, I'm confident that I have done enough work that we will do just fine. Uh, you know, and I could be wrong. We could be doing a podcast in, in four days, and I'll be like, shit, sleepy. Boy, was I wrong. You know, all that work we did for months on end was for absolutely nothing. I don't think so, but there always is that possibility. So, yeah, I'm pretty confident. You know, for me, Uncle Dave, I'll just give my two cents on this one quick is, um, you know, it, it was weird. Like, you know, we go into, you know, our normal routine daily and it's like, boom, sports is canceled. We're, we're sitting there watching the NBA at night. The Pelicans game, I think they were playing the Jazz and I'm like, well, this isn't good. And then it just snowballed into there's no sports. And then it turned into this, you know, absolute shit show where, you know, I got into this funk where. You know, and, and one of the people that helped me out, obviously, was you. I mean, you talk to me all the time. You're like, you can't just sit there and, and be bored out of your mind, not doing nothing. Like, we got to get back to work. And, you know, I'm one of those people where, you know, when I love something and it's kind of taken away from me, it affects me in, in, in a different way than it might affect other people. But, you know, I was in this funk for a little while there. And I'm not, now it's like, finally, like, I'm just like so excited right now that we're going to have sports back. And, you know, the fact that, you know, you helped me through you know, the last couple of months, it's like, you know, you're like sleep, come on, man, do podcasts. Let's start digging into this stuff. You, know, you can't sit back, you know, for another, for a third week in a row, not doing nothing. And, you know, and big thanks to you, Uncle Dave, for, you know, going ahead and, and kicking me in the ass a little bit and making me go ahead and, and grinding like, like I should have been. But I, I like the time off. It was nice to have a little bit of time off and get some fresh air, but I'll tell you what, it sucks. It's not having sports. So um, I'm, I'm extremely happy. I, I might not sleep tonight, I have a feeling I'll be uh, up betting rugby tonight and handicapping and getting ready to fire in some uh, some of the late bets and maybe some of the uh, you know the, the season props that we've been going over. So I don't know. I have my, I have a feeling uh, you know it's going to feel like Christmas to me. At least it, it, it's kind of today. So um, that's where I stand. But I'm certainly happy that we got sports back, and I'm glad that all our listeners have hung around, even though we haven't given out any games or anything like that. We haven't had any games to talk about, but. You know, myself and Uncle Dave and Dan and, and the rest of the crew, Mackenzie and Bernie and the Hitman, you know, we pride ourselves on giving out, you know, the best information as possible. And we know that we've given out a ton of future wagers, you know, over the last couple of months here. But, you know, we want to make sure that you guys are getting the best information because, as Uncle Dave said, you know, he hasn't stopped working. And I don't believe really any of us have, except for maybe a couple of us took a took an extra week off until we got a kick in the ass to go ahead and get back in the grind. But 
Um, with that said, guys, I wish you all the best of luck tomorrow. I hope you guys enjoy the games and all that stuff like that. And we'll talk to you later.